Alice Onlin and Herbert Konings are founding partners of Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Security Token Show. We're here in the Miami studio. I'm your host, Hurry Konings, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Kyle Sondland. And for those of you who are new to the show, you should know that our program is structured as follows. We always start by giving you the latest industry news, followed by the newest STO updates, and a comprehensive secondary market update, ending, of course, with our main topic, which today, Kyle and I will be discussing foreign listings for security tokens. Hey everybody, it's so glad to be back here. Herwig, as always, it's a pleasure. And we've got an awesome episode lined up for you today. But before we get into all that, we do need to, of course, thank our sponsor for making the Security Token Show possible. And that sponsor for episode 68 is INX. If you didn't know, INX is the first ever SEC registered tokenized IPO. The company has filed with the SEC to allow for retail and accredited investor participation into a regulated exchange for cryptocurrencies, security tokens, and derivatives. The firm is currently in the midst of its own token sale, selling INX tokens directly, and it has just announced the acquisition of the STO platform Open Finance Network. This is the first offering of its kind as the firm has worked diligently with the SEC to allow for participation from investors all over the world, and the fundraise is currently live. So if you want to read more or do additional research on what the firm is building and how it will impact the traditional financial system by using security tokens, you can find out more information or invest directly through inx.co. And now let's get on to the show. We can't get started without first doing our Company of the Week Awards, where we nominate two companies to spotlight for making the biggest moves in the industry last week. And actually, I think this week, we both picked two companies for making history together, didn't we, Herwig? That's absolutely right, Kyle. It's hard to let this one go unnoticed. And of course, we're not going to spend the entire episode talking about it, but the first ever tokenized foreign listing of a U.S. company that is accessible by investors of all types all around the world has officially occurred. And Merge, the national stock exchange of the Seychelles, which is completely digital, by the way, has been the the platform or the national exchange to do this. And that's why they are my company of the week. They now have their fourth tokenized company trading on their platform, and it's the first ever to trade to American citizens. Now, just like how you can go buy lottery.com on Open Finance or St. Regis on T0, you can now go buy a new company, Curzio Research on Merge. And obviously this is our, our main topic today, but uh, you know this is a really big deal. This is a national stock exchange, not a broker dealer with a license, and they are officially supporting foreign listings of tokenized US companies. This is huge for the industry. And for that, Bobby, Jim, and the entire Merge team deserve a huge congratulations for making all this possible. And that, of course, is why Merge is my company of the week, Kyle. And I know your choice is Curzio Research, the counterparty in that transaction. So please tell us more about what happened there. You're absolutely correct. 
Frank Curzio and his team at Curzio Research have trailblazed in the security token industry. And I think that the firm alongside Merge absolutely deserve full recognition for the success that they've had in their security token issuance process. Curzio Research is a financial newsletter company that distributes newsletters, research, and podcasts to their hundreds of thousands of subscribers and followers across many different media platforms and tailored content. Frank Curzio successfully conducted a security token offering, raising over $4 million from his followers in an equity round for Curzio Research back in 2019, which we actually covered on the podcast all the way back in episode six over a year ago. <laughs> wow, I remember when you covered that, Kyle. The CEO token represents equity ownership in Curzio Research, and now the fir- it's the first U.S.-based private company to publicly trade to retail U.S. investors. For innovating and seeing the opportunity in security tokens, well before the mainstream and taking a risk by tokenizing his own successful business while structuring the offering to provide investors with equity and even a yearly dividend. Curzio Research is absolutely my company of the week and Frank and his team are wonderful people that we've thoroughly enjoyed working with over the last 12 months or so. So congratulations and tune into the main topic to hear more about this process and how the strategy can be replicated for any issuer moving forward. Right on, Kyle. I'm pretty sure they were the 10th securitized issuer in history, and now they're the first to be liquid on a foreign exchange. And full disclosure, actually, Frank Veronica and the Curzio Research Team, they actually retained security token advisors to help them specifically with their liquidity strategy and to list on merge. So we're super thrilled to have been a part of this historic transaction, of course, and we're excited to get more into the details and share with you exactly what went down later on at the end of the show. Yeah, it's been a pleasure working with them, and we actually can provide a little bit of additional context since we were with them every step of the process. Exactly. Now, before we do that, I got to get to the news. Uh, and you should all know that the news we source and talk about on the show every week, it's, it comes from stomarket.com slash news. And it's also available for reference in the about description of the podcast from wherever you're listening to. Or you can always go back to the Security Token Show Medium blog where you can just find the episode and find all the articles there as well. Now, folks, I'm kicking off this segment this week with just absolutely bonkers news. I mean, I've been shouting from my balcony pretty much all day about it. You know, listeners, especially those of you who joined us later on in our show's journey, you should know that episode one, episode one, people, we started the show with the main topic of the SEC. You see that week, a fateful week in June of 2019, the SEC did something that hadn't been considered since the passing of the Jobs Act in 2012, which is that they decided to ask the industry for feedback on how to make it even better. So many had considered the crowdfunding rules and regulations as broken on arrival. And furthermore, private markets have grown to represent three times the size of public markets, indicating that the rules, some of which are actually over 80 years old, are outdated and may need reform. So as the SEC commissioners put it, they wanted to harmonize the private exemption framework and wanted the industry to lead them in the right direction on their thinking. And so of course we responded folks, over 20 industry leaders and participants signed our letter and our letter was heard. In fact, in March, 2020, the SEC had listened to some of those suggestions, including our recommendations to increase the size for regulation crowdfunding and A-plus offerings. And that was so exciting to hear because we were also cited for those suggested changes that they may do, uh, may actually put in, as they say, harmonizing the private framework. But many, many naysayers came out and said, this is never going to happen. And the SEC certainly won't act quickly on this. They'll, they'll take years, they said. Years. Ha! <laughs> no, not even seven months later and it's official, baby. We did it. Woo! 
Regulation crowdfunding used to be limited to just $1 million for businesses, but now you can raise up to $5 million every year from anyone in the US. It's just exceptional. It's a five times improvement that will lead to a thousand times more usage, I think. Furthermore, Reg A Plus is improved too. We're gonna to be doing a major deep dive on everything next week for the main topic there in episode 69. So be sure to tune back in Tuesday, uh, you know, if, especially if you're curious. For now, sit back, pop the champagne. Crowdfunding just kicked into high gear. Amazing, amazing news. Again, Reg CF is all retail investors can participate. So anyone in the US can buy in. $5 million is no small amount. This is really, really big news and it's now official. Great stuff. And I've got more big news to follow for you all. I think it's big anyway. I saw the trend of central bank digital currencies early on and decided to do some digging with the research team here. And a few months ago, we released a list that showed almost 50 different central banks exploring CBDCs around the world. And now the Central Bank of France, or the Banque de France, and Société Générale, the 17th largest bank in the world, they've teamed up with none other than Consensus here in the US on developing a digital euro for France. So Société Générale security token arm, called, which is Forge Digital Capital Markets, by the way. Consensus will provide technology and expertise to Societe Generale's Forge, focusing on CBDC issuance and management, delivery versus payment, and cross-ledger interoperability. The article actually mentions that Consensus is actively supporting six central banks with their CBDCs, making them a leader in providing consulting and technology support for central banks. So I'm looking forward to what they come up with together here. And moving into some major company announcements from the industry, we have Start Engine announcing that their secondary market will launch this upcoming Friday. So Start Engine supports security tokens and has referenced them in the past, but it is unclear from this announcement if they will be immediately supporting other security token issuances. We can infer at least that the first company to trade on the Start Engine ATS is, you guessed it, Start Engine. So we'll be looking at this market closely for them, hopefully to list other security tokens in the near future. And crypto exchange FTX has announced that they will offer 24-7 tokenized stock trading. That's right, FTX has partnered with German financial services firm CM Equity and Switzerland-based tokenization solutions provider Digital Assets AG to enable fractional ownership investing in stocks like Tesla, Amazon, and Apple. So according to the release, CM Equity custodies the stocks and tokens on them are then traded on FTX and are redeemable for the underlying stocks. And also that CM Equity is a licensed equity entity, sorry, and conducts compliance on all the participating customers and trades with digital asset, helping them with the tokenization and platform. So it sounds very exciting, but we have seen similar initiatives run into hot water before like DX Exchange. So we'll see if this ends up being a different story. And Dusk Network secured another partnership last week with Next Generation Capital, which will leverage Dusk Network's two-token structure for its tokenization platform for what they're calling vertical-based investment products. So that's NGC as they refer to themselves to plans to launch the NGC theme baskets for adventures offered as bundled investment uh, proposition through products you know that they're calling verticals. So presumably they're you know making it so that you can invest in a specific vertical through these baskets. Something like being able to say, hey, I can buy a token that represents a bunch of fintech companies, green tech companies, or consumer applications, right? So we'll definitely be on the lookout for the first verticals that launch where Kyle will of course break them down on the show. Meanwhile, sounds like a win for Dusk and NGC as they move forward with their platforms and their first vertical. 
And Soteria Capital, an affiliate of Bank of Asia and BOA Financial Group out of Hong Kong, has announced a partnership with CryptoSX, an exchange out of the Philippines, to announce new security token offerings. So Soteria Capital will act as the prime broker for CryptoSX's STOs to professional investors. And the press release says Soteria's global ties and network will benefit from CryptoSX's existing and growing STO pipeline and open up a new asset class of digital tokens. Once again, we'll be on the lookout for those STOs when they're announced, but it certainly sounds like there's so much in the pipeline around the world, Kyle. Hmm. And the last partnership announcement came from two Estonian firms, token issuing platform Ignium, and funding portal Fundwise. So the two have teamed up to enable STOs to launch, of course, on the Fundwise platform using Ignium's tokenization technology. The firm reports also that Handy's Solutions LLC, it's a new mobile app that allows its customers to order home repair and construction services, has already begun fundraising through the Fundwise platform. Unfortunately, it doesn't clearly state that it will be tokenized, so we'll see what happens. Regardless, this is big news since Estonia recently allowed for the tokenization of LLCs and now these two firms are obviously looking to take full advantage of this. And ending the news from last week is our opinion section. You know, and there are two pieces there about exchanges and security token growth. So the first is a strong headline from Sam Haig on Cointelegraph titled, Despite strong security token growth, T0 continues to lose money. And it sums it up pretty well, but uh, you know, even though T0 covers 95% of the security token industry, it is true that they are losing money right now. They have to publicly disclose, disclose this because their parent company, Overstock, is public and they release this information in their Q3 filings. So Sam looked at its performance over nine months, you know, ending on September 3rd through Q3, and found that T0 posted an overall loss of $35.5 million despite net revenues of 34.1 million. So roughly a few hundred thousand from breaking even there. Not bad, I think, a smidge more volume through Q4 and, and maybe they're actually doing just that. So we'll see how the market has been thinking about it as well in Kyle's market report later in the show. Also cool that security token market data was actually cited as well in that Q3 earnings call. So shout out to Sam and, and Overstock for including us in that process and we're happy to provide transparency for the industry. Absolutely. And the last article of our news segment covers an interview with the CEO of INX, who's actually our sponsor, as you heard. So Shai Datika talks about the historical impact of their registered token IPO and also predicts that security tokens will be much bigger than crypto, which to I say, duh, I hope no one listening ever thought crypto could be as big as the entire capital markets of the world moving on to blockchain. This is so cool, people. And INX looks to be leading that charge as well. And that's all I've got for you wonderful listeners out there. Kyle, what industry events, what virtual events in this case do we have coming up? The first event that I have is actually a webinar that is pre-recorded and published on YouTube. Posted by European issuance platform Black Manta Capital Partners, the firm hosted a Zoom call with three security token issuers, Cosmo X, INX, and OneCycle. The call highlights the fundraising process and features some great perspectives from issuers expecting these processes in real time. So check it out. It's going to be in the links in the description of wherever you're listening from. You can check that out. It's posted on YouTube. 
Additionally, we have one more, and also in partnership with Black Manta Capital Partners, OneCycle is also hosting their own pitch event. So OneCycle is a security token offering working with Black Manta to raise their, their, their primary round. And so OneCycle is putting on an event to talk for, about um, the, the how, why, whens, and, and whats of security tokens, as, as they say. And so it's a live opportunity additionally to consider the OneCycle's digital security class asset. And so if you want to hear more about this offering and particular, as well as their perspectives on the development of the security token industry this is another one to check out. Sounds like some great content for our listeners to see. But uh, let's get into the STO updates. What you got for us? Kyle? Yeah, it's about it for the events. But remember, you can submit any news or events at stomarket.com slash news so that we can try to cover it on the show and give you some exposure. If you're putting something on, we're happy to promote that to everybody listening. Talking about STOs, the first STO update is a quick article by MetalStream detailing the value of gold in previous centuries and how the blockchain only upgrades the asset's value proposition. The firm has launched their MSGLD token representing one gram of LBMA certified gold, which is the highest standard for the quality of gold on the open market. As a tokenized commodity, this offering is interesting and can provide transparency into a historically opaque industry. So check out MetalStream for more information. Read this article if you want to hear a little bit more about gold and how that can be tokenized and, and all those different fun pieces. Next up, we have security token exchange INX, who has applied to list its digital security on the Canadian Securities Exchange. So after announcing the news on Friday, INX said that the listing application is subject to the CSE's approval. Once approved, INX token would then get listed on the traditional stock exchange. Presumably, this is gonna act as a dual listing where the firm's security token will be trading on a security token exchange in addition to a more traditional exchange, allowing the firm to capture a wider investor audience with the offering, similar to how T0 has traded OTC or how Mount Pelerin detokenized some of their shares to integrate more effectively with the traditional financial system. Nice work, INX. The final piece of news we have is not quite as positive. According to Open Finance Network, the Batch 22X security token will be delisted from the ATS as of December 1st, 2020. There was no explanation and no additional details, but one must conclude that it's related to the obscure delisting threat that OFN posted via an email back in April. The security token has not seen any trading volume since January, that's 22X, which does kind of suggest that there's not much activity or really any demand at all, but it's still unfortunate news. If you own 22X, definitely remove it from the ATS by the time you you know this delisting might occur or you may lose your tokens. So I'm not sure how this process works, but definitely you don't we want to rectify this situation now. Don't wait until it's too late. Moving on to some new STOs though, we have Windermere Capital, which is a Montreal-based investment firm who's partnering with Permian Chain, which is an issuance platform for natural asset security tokens. Natural asset security tokens are issued by privately held oil and gas companies adopting the oil and gas blockchain integrated framework that they developed. Windermere Capital is already a broker dealer for private oil and gas companies in Canada, and the two firms will launch their first client, the Brox Equity Token. Brox, B-R-O-X as the ticker is, is a multi-commodity income generating asset representing a basket of natural gas, oil, electricity, and Bitcoin assets. Brox will be the first security token issued through Permian Chain Investors Platform and accredited investors will be accepted for the fundraise. The Brox issuance will be Brox Equity's second capital raise, which will lead to the development of a 60 megawatt natural gas power site for Bitcoin mining data centers in Alberta, 
and as well as its existing oil and gas producing fields in East Texas. This is another natural gas security token or energy security token, and it's a sector I think is ripe for disruption for security token investments, and it's a model we've seen a few times in the past. It's interesting how they're kind of combining the natural gas with the electric demands of Bitcoin mining, and they're kind of blending all those things together. So it's exciting stuff from Windermere, Permian Chain, and Brock's. I'm going to keep you all updated as the fundraise begins and what those terms look like for sure. Definitely sounds like a novel concept. Additionally, T0 has announced the fourth asset to be listed on the ATS. The firm announced this week that it has signed an agreement with Tintin Capital, T-Y-N-T-O-N Capital, a venture capital and private equity firm to provide trading for its planned data infrastructure technology fund, which is going to be issued on the Tezos blockchain. The fund has a planned offering size of 300 million USD and is expected to trade on the T0 ATS when completed. It looks like the fund's in the early stages, though, as the language in the release suggests that the fund is still early and it does need to raise that full $300 million, which is no small amount. However, it's great news to see that T-Zero is working with additional issuers and hopefully we'll get a clearer timeline on that fundraise process soon. Unfortunately, it is important to temper your expectations and remember that there is still a 12-month lockup period here. So while the fundraise may begin in 2020 or early 2021, don't expect to see this token trading on T-Zero until 2022 at the latest, or earliest rather. And then we also have an additional one. We've got US-based accelerator fund Igniter 100, which has announced a $25 million security token offering scheduled for the second half of 2021. Igniter 100 is an accelerator fund that invests in early stage tech startups and has more than 80 portfolio companies to date, which includes some big names like Payoneer and eToro. The firm is going to be using European issuance platform STO Box for the fundraise as well as the legal and compliance process and issuance. And this one looks pretty exciting because they've got a pretty serious portfolio. Moving into the market update, our monthly security token market report was published this week. We covered all of the trading data from 25 live tokens around the world through five different marketplaces to bring you the most financial transparency in the industry. You got to check out the data if you want to do your own research, but I'm going to give a couple quick facts while we're here. In terms of October 2020's market stats, the total security token market cap closed at 501 million, which was a, a down raise of, of maybe 6% or so down this month. Total trading volume, though, was really unfortunately down significantly with a $5.2 million in trading volume, which was a 42% decline from what we saw the month before. In terms of the marketplace breakdown, T0 is still the leader with a $408 million market cap and about 5.2 million of that volume. Then we have Open Finance, which is about 40 million in market cap and about 4,000 in trading volume, which is very, very low. And then Merge Exchange and TokenSoft were also following suit. In terms of the best performing and worst performing assets, the best performing, we had Blockchain Capital up about 10%, Spice VC up about 4%, and then finally Marlowe Street, one of the realty properties, was up 3.5%. In terms of worst performing, it was our two largest market cap tokens that really brought the entire industry down with them. Overstock was down 18% and T0 was down 8%. And then finally, a real estate property, Appaline Street, was 18276 Appaline. There's two of those. The This one was down about 5.5%. So really not a super strong month in October, but one that, that that's just the reality of markets. Some, sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down. 
And one more article on the markets before we get into the weekly trading data. This is a huge shout out again to Omar Faridi for writing an amazing article on the security token market performance in September. He's a huge supporter of the industry and provides serious credibility to our content by featuring it on Crowdfund Insider. He quotes my analysis from the last month and he did a great job of showing all the details and building a strong narrative around the industry. So thanks again for all the great work that you do, Omar. Keep up the awesome work. And then moving into the weekly pricing changes, as always, remember that all news and pricing data is sourced from stlmarket.com. So you can go on there and see all of the trading data similar to a coin market cap or Yahoo Finance. So in terms of the total STL market cap, it was down. We had bounced back up to about 530 million in, in the beginning of November here, end of October, but it did end up closing on Monday at 500 million or so. So it was another tough week for Overstock's tokenized shares, which were down 22% this week, falling to a low of $57. However, the public stock also fell by about the same margin. So this has to do more with investor sentiment around the company itself than the security token market. Additionally, the great news here is that for the first time since the token launched in May, the security token was actually trading at a significant premium to the common stock last week. So that's super cool. It didn't last forever, but even at close on Monday, the shares are within a dollar of the, the tokenized shares are within a dollar of the common stock. So it seems like investors really don't mind that the tokenized shares and they don't see much of a liquidity issue at all, which is very cool. T0 crushed it though, which was up 11% to help soften the blow from the overstock dip. It was the biggest return of the week as well. There wasn't a ton of volume across the board, but real estate also was pretty strong this week, averaging about 2.5% in equity return across the nine realty properties. The final big piece of news from the markets this week is that the official listing of the CEO token is on Merge. We covered it in the Company of the Week segment and are dedicating our main topic to it, but it is important to note that it's now live and trading for U.S. investors, including retail, and so you're going to be able to get all of the pricing data here in the coming weeks. Oof, another tough week for Overstock, it sounds like. But you make a great point about the security token vehicle not playing any significant effect on investor interest. I mean, considering how many traditional investors were exposed to the token with the you know, dividend airdrop in the first place, I think it's great news and incredibly fascinating to see how strong the investor base is for the token on the secondary market. I mean, just a few weeks ago, we were talking about one day, maybe the security token trading at a premium to its counterpart. And momentarily, it just did last week. So it looks like everything's going to according to plan. But that, with that, I think, uh, you know, let's move into our main topic. Yeah, you mentioned at the beginning that security token advisors actually helped Curzio research through this entire listing process. So let's just dive right in. Can you give us some context on how that works? Yeah, absolutely. With pleasure, Kyle. So, you know, to set the stage, we all have to remember that after a primary issuance of securities, they are locked up. That means restricted from resale for one year. In certain cases, an issuer can write terms that create an even longer lockup period than one year, but the SEC, the regulators, require that there is at least one year. So as you mentioned during the company of the week, the CEO STO occurred last year and Frank approached us earlier this year to explore his liquidity options. So merge wasn't the immediate target? Yeah, that's right. Frank was exploring some options in the U.S., but felt lackluster about their value propositions. He wanted the real deal, and Merge being a national stock exchange was the natural recommendation as a result of exploring all other options and determining that you know this met the liquidity needs and compliance requirements that was needed for Curzio Research as a company. But listing on a foreign exchange is still no easy ordeal, and we still need to be compliant with the SEC regulations in order to enable retail U.S. investors. But before we get into 
it, I just want to clarify what exactly happened. You see, listeners, Frank conducted what would be described as a foreign listing, sometimes also known as a backdoor listing, or in the case of an IPO on a foreign exchange, a backdoor IPO, and was traditionally only used by the specific assets to expose themselves to specific foreign investor markets, whereas U.S. solutions weren't a good fit given the regulatory burden that comes along with it. So as a result of the foreign listing on a national exchange, Merch, you know, which is part of the World Federation of Exchanges, which includes you know, the NASDAQ, London Stock Exchange, and, and all other top-tier exchanges, they are regulated to trade with foreign investors of all kinds through the Seychelles. All right, so what you're saying is that they went public on a foreign exchange, like if they listed on, say, the Hong Kong Stock Exchange? Yep, that's correct. But as far as their structure is concerned, they are still a private company in the U.S. So there is no public registration or major cumbersome compliance and disclosure requirements that comes with doing this listing. Right, and and those things aren't usually, um, those are the massive cost of this whole process, right? So I'm assuming it was much cheaper to list on Merch. Tremendously cheaper. And we're actually going to quantify those exact details in a case study for release hopefully later this month. But I need to be clear again, so pay attention to this detail, listeners. Curzio Research is public on Merge, but private in the U.S. and therefore cannot trade to U.S. investors unless they leverage a securities exemption that enables them to do so. That's the same exemption that T0, Lottery.com, and the St. Regis use in order to enable resale to retail U.S. investors. Rule 144 exemption, that's what it's called. Right, That this is a crucial piece, right? Just listing on merge doesn't mean they can trade to U.S. investors. There's this second piece called Rule 144. And so if you're interested in that specific exemption, I actually wrote an article about it on our Medium blog that gives a little bit more clarity. Essentially, it requires the company to do certain governance activities and follow new disclosure requirements regarding some financial information, but it's not nearly as strict as registering with the SEC to enable retail investor access here in the States. As now through Rule 144 and Merge combined, which as an exchange, Merge can already support the onboarding of U.S. investors and now can act as the clearing and settlement agent and the order book. And actually, they're also licensed to do escrow and transfer agent services and any of those things if those are needed too. Well, well put, Kyle. I mean, Curzio Research acted closely with their own securities uh, council and in partnership with Digital Securities Law Group, which is a leading law firm for this space, and they're simply fantastic attorneys, Robin and Simon. And in order to orchestrate all this and make sure that the firm was compliant every step of the way, we needed a lot of attorneys. So this includes things like having an opinion letter, reviewing listing announcements and disclosures and other key components to that listing process. And because Curzio Research was listing on a public exchange, they needed a corporate sponsor to list them specifically on Merch. These corporate sponsors are designed to vet, prepare, structure, and package companies for listing specifically on the exchanges that they're working with in order to make, in this case, Merge's exchange scalable for many, many listings. This enables Merge to not only have to approve, essentially, new listings, while the corporate sponsors, in this case, it was Exponential's capital markets arm, prepare for the company for listing, which includes things like organizing the corporate documents, assigning an ISIN, that's an international securities identification number, also doing background checks on all the company officers and preparing the company for listing on merge and post-listing maintenance, all other kinds of things in between. And furthermore, Securitize, acting as a transfer agent and technology provider, had to work with merge and also remove the restrictions from the stock legend in order to enable free trading. So as you can start to see, this was no easy thing to accomplish for a tokenized offering, which was why 
it is so historical as a first and we are so proud to help with all of it. You're being incredibly humble, Herwig. I know that you were deeply involved in helping make all this happen. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about what STA, Security Token Advisors, did after helping Frank identify his listing partner. Yeah, we, we of course coordinated with the attorneys and helped them identify Exponential as the right corporate sponsor to pick for the firm. And from there, we moved towards reviewing the listing announcements and release strategy, as well as reviewing the investor relations strategy and advising on how to optimize all that moving forward, including thinking about what disclosure, reporting, and communication practices the, the firm will put in place moving forward in order to engage with their investor community, right? All super important things that for any security token issuer to consider after they list on a marketplace or exchange. But this one is specifically significant given that it's the first ever tokenized backdoor listing or foreign listing, as you say properly, Herwig. Really, really amazing. And as I said earlier, I think it's a model many other companies will and should follow. I completely agree with that, Kyle, and I know we're going to see a lot more coming from both Curzio Research and Merge in this space, and we're excited to see it happen and be involved. I mean, I hope our audience thinks the same, Kyle. Pretty much anyone listening around the world can now go to Merge and sign up to purchase some CEO tokens. Ownership in Curzio Research, a private U.S. company. So cool, dude. Well, I mean, we'll see what kind of trading activity picks up in the next few weeks. And of course, if you're an issuer yourself exploring your liquidity options for your security token, our team at Security Token Advisors would be happy to help you explore. Absolutely. What a cool opportunity. And I'm so excited that we had a chance to break down this process in detail so our listeners could get a better grasp of this process. And with that, I think that we can call our show today, Herwig. I mean, once again, I had a blast and listeners, we hope that you did too. So please be sure to send us any feedback or questions via Twitter and LinkedIn, or you can engage directly with us in our community at stomarket.com slash news for all of our articles or stomarket.com for all that trading data and all that fun stuff. Yeah, you can go to seomarket.com slash news specifically by submitting articles or sharing your opinions on what's happening in the space. We'd love for you to contribute. And meanwhile, we want to thank you for listening and plan on catching you next week on Tuesday, where we'll do a deep dive into the regulation crowdfunding and SEC changes that I mentioned earlier. Another great episode coming for you on episode 69. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.